Hello and welcome to Church Planning Conversations, a podcast presented by the Asbury Church Planning Initiative. Welcome to today's podcast, and I am uh, so excited to have our good friend Manic Korea, who is uh, a missionary presbyter and uh, team leader, regional team leader for Southeast Asia for NAMS, which is a global church planning organization. Manic, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much for having me here today. Well, so thankful for you and um, just the global work that you're doing. Um, you all are working with leaders and in, in how many different countries um, uh, are, are you working in? And Actually, just tell us just quickly a little bit about yourself and uh, the work that you do with NAMS. Sure. I, I'm a Singaporean. Uh, I have been based here in Thailand for the last 13 years, uh, married to a Taiwanese girl. Um, if you look at me, I'm not your typical Singaporean. I don't have a Chinese face. I'm, I'm Indian, Indian origin. Uh, we have a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old son. He's just then 13. Uh, and uh, we're part of, of NAMS and we, we have uh, missionaries and uh, local leadership. Most of them are indigenous leaders on the ground uh, with boots on the ground in about 15 countries um, on, four, on five continents, including North America, Latin America, Africa, uh, Asia, and Europe. Um, and our primary work is really to, to be a servant to the church, the global church, uh, to work alongside to share and cast a vision for disciple making and leadership development uh, and church planting. Uh, and so we've, we've found that the key way to do that is not simply to run seminars to those are important or not even just to provide materials to those, those are good and, and, and necessary, uh, but really to plant base, bases in, in different countries where we live and work and do the work of mission and then call others alongside us so that they can get infected. You know, they live in the pandemic world, um, mm. but infection in the kingdom of God is, is the good kind of infection, and we want to, to share that. So that's really part of what, what NAMS does around the world, is partner with local churches and, uh, when necessary, pioneer into unreached areas to plant uh, churches and make disciples. It's wonderful. You know, working with so many leaders in different countries, um, you know, we're living in challenging times um, where, you know, in the midst of pandemics and, um, you know, economic, um, environmental challenges. Um, what are some ways that you all are um, focusing on or encouraging kind of the spiritual formation of, of these mission leaders that you're working with? Well, that's a, a really, really good question. Um, we have uh, really come to understand from the Lord, we, we believe it's, it's a teaching, it's a gospel teaching. Uh, if you look at the gospels, um, there are only six places uh, where Jesus uses the, the phrase, my disciples, and then defines it. My disciples will be such and such. Uh, three of those are in a very famous passage in Luke 14, 25 to 30, 
33, which is really what's called the cost of discipleship. You know, uh, if you don't hate your your father, your mother, your, your sister, your, your family, even hate yourself, you cannot be my disciple. And if you don't uh, take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And then at, right at the end, he says, and you cannot deny everything, you cannot be my disciple. So three of those. And the other three really are in the Gospel of John. Um, John 8, 31 and 32, where Jesus addresses those who have believed in him. And he said, you are, if you hold on to my teaching, if you abide in my teaching, you are truly my disciples. So Jesus says, if you want to become my disciples, then my teaching is going to be central. It's going to form you. It's going to shape you. Then in John 13, 34, 35, uh, the, with the disciples in the upper room, he says to them, he gives them a new commandment, you have to love one another. And then he says, by this will all men know you are my disciples. You must love one another. Right? By loving one another, people will know. They mark you out as my disciples. So the communal side of discipleship is emphasized there. Being together, loving together. You cannot be a disciple on your own. You have to be with others. You have to be part of the church. You have to be part of his, his family. Um, and then the final uh, remark that Jesus makes in using the word my disciple is John 15, verse 8, where in that famous picture of the, the, the vine and the, the branches that are fruitful and those that need pruning, uh, in, in John 15, verse 8, Jesus says that if you bear much fruit, you will prove to be my disciples. And uh, if you study the passage in the context of that, we have taken fruit there uh, to mean more than just inner transformation, but it is also an outward growth in terms of others uh, coming to knowing the fruit and the harvest that's brought into the kingdom of God. And so the fruitfulness, the missional side of discipleship, making disciples, reaching out to others, by being fruitful, we prove to be his disciples. So those three in particular in John's gospel for us have been really critical in the, this whole understanding of the marriage between spiritual formation and mission. Mm. Uh, John 8, 31, 32, if you don't abide in my word, you cannot be uh, my disciples. My disciples will abide in my word. They will be formed by my word. John 13, 34, 35, they will be with others and loving one another. Yes, Christ has loved us. It will mark us. And then in, in John 15, verse 8, it's about the fruit uh, the, the outward growth of that in, in terms of fruit outside. So we tend to marry all those trees, looking at Jesus' definition there of my disciples. We say spiritual formation involves keeping Jesus' word, the, the, the gospel, the, the, the scriptures, at the very heart of forming who we are in him. If you're not abiding in his word daily, uh, you are not going to grow as a disciple, let alone flourish. Um, but you don't just do it on your own. You need one another. And therefore, for us, coaching and spiritual formation is not just an individual thing. It has to be a communal thing that's shared with others. And then finally, there's the missional side of it. Uh, so the, the personal formational side, the communal side, and then the missional side in terms of bearing fruit uh, outside. So for us, that really shapes our theology, if you like, of spiritual formation. Uh, it's at the heart of being and making disciples. I love that. It sounds like you've you've got it to kind of a threefold framework that's really um, rooted in scripture 
And, you know, one of the things that we use is kind of the analogy or metaphor of kind of uh, worship and mission. You know, we, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it kind of in the introduction of our missional formation book is, you know, we use the analogy of kind of, it's, it's like spiritual breathing where we inhale um, the presence of God through prayer and worship and study of the word. And then we exhale yes. um, in mission and by yes. abiding uh, kind of to parallel that to, you know, these biblical passages by abiding, we're kind of tilling the soil and we're watering and we're nurturing, you know, like a plant, if you will. Mm. And, um, and then the ultimate thing is you know, a healthy tree bears fruit. And so there's the fruit bearing. And so I kind of kind of see that in the rhythms that you're sharing kind of coming out of scripture. Indeed. I, I think that's, and, and can I just add, I think that's so important. The, 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 the marrying together, the coupling together of worship and mission mm. uh, is really the, the identity of God's people. And you know, I think, I think of one Peter two, uh, nine, where you know you, you're a, a, a royal priest of the holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you. To me, that's that's the that we are a worshiping people, um, but a worshiping people that's also engaged in the world to make His His name and His fame known among the nations. So we're called to be His, to withdraw, to be at His feet, listening, learning, receiving. Uh, engaging, being shaped by him, but mm -hmm. we're also called to go out. And I absolutely agree with you. I think that's a, a beautiful picture, what you've painted there. And, and we really see this in the life of Jesus, don't we? Jesus, oftentimes we focus on the miracles. We focus on all this, the stuff that he does. Um, but there are these passages um, spread throughout the scriptures where Jesus kind of disappears and goes to be with the father gets up really early before the sun comes out. It says he was there praying or, or in the evening, you know, um, he, he goes into the deserted place. And, and that's kind of really that there's a balance, isn't there of being the life with God, um, being with God and then doing kind of our, our ministry, our work kind of comes out of that. Um, yeah. And I, I love the emphasis on the love one another pieces too. So I think the threefold framework that you put together is great because oftentimes we focus on the inner spiritual formation and then maybe the stuff we do, um, but the stuff around us, the relationships that shape and form us. And that's where I think coaching and mentoring um, really matters. And I'd love to hear a little bit um, about maybe your own experience with coaching or some of the ways that you're kind of coming alongside leaders to help form them kind of in community. Yeah. Well, you know, when I think about coaching, I think about the people uh, who have poured into my own life, uh, sometimes short seasons, but sometimes long time, long seasons, investing in me, uh, helping me grow. Um, and, you know, primarily one of the, the blessings for me in, in the work I've done, I'm doing now uh, is just uh, the leader of NAMS, John Schuller, his, the 20 years or so I've walked with him, he's, mm. you know, he's taken me into uh, his life. He's opened his heart, his, his heart to me, his home to me. I've seen him at close quarters. Uh, I know his weaknesses uh, and likewise he knows mine, but you know, just mm. that relationship of, of uh, 
being close to someone that you learn from uh, and who then challenges you and then you know uh, equips you and then sends you out. And, uh, and I think he must have taken a leaf out of Jesus's book because that's exactly what Jesus does. He calls people to himself, uh, the, the apostles namely, um, but others with them. Uh, and he focuses on that group of 12. But within that, there's that coaching relationship that primarily we see with the three. And they get uh, a front row seat uh, at times in some of very, very significant moments in Jesus' life. Um, and it's almost as though he put an emphasis on putting, uh, pulling some of these people uh, around him at critical times so that they can, they can be coached, they can see, they can watch, they can learn. And for me, coaching is about life-on-life life sharing. Um, and I think it, it, it ought to happen uh, uh, communally because I think, you know, when we are together and even in a small group, uh, we, we learn from each other, even from, from someone who's, who's mentoring or, or teaching a group, uh, you can learn off him but you can also learn off each other. And I see that with the disciples. I think they, they're often fighting with each other and, and vying for you know, places of authority, but they, they're also learning of each other, different personalities, different gifts. Uh, and so part of spiritual formation we've seen uh, in our work around the world is form them into small groups, uh, but it of course can happen one-on-one that works too. And I've had the experience of both. And I think there are times where it's really important and might be important in God's economy and design that you have time one-on-one with a leader uh, like I did with John Schuller, and he's, he's really become a spiritual father to me, uh, even to this day. But um, uh, coaching and, and formation can very well happen in small groups, and sometimes that, that really helps it as well in our experience around the world. Yeah, I I just deeply concur with that. I think there are you know, coaching happens at different levels. And kind of yes. one of the things that, you know, we've put in our framework is there's the one-on-one coaching, which is exactly that. It's, it's, it's that time with that leader that's pouring into you. Often use the language of everyone needs a Paul and everyone needs a Timothy. Um, yes. You know, we need people who are speaking into our life, but we also need to be pouring into others and speaking into Absolutely. the lives of others. And then there's this um, dimension of the group coaching, um, um, you know, is one level where you have Jesus, he has his disciples, which is kind of like a learning community, but then he has his inner circle. And so I kind of see group coaching as a way to kind of bring people together. And it's coaching in community is kind of one of the ways that I describe it. And you see these examples in scripture, the one-on-one uh, the, 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 the kind of coaching, mentoring, and community. And then you have kind of the larger kind of uh, learning communities, if you will, um, where disciples are being made in these, these kind of different coaching spaces. Um, yes. That's good. Yeah. And, and Vitfeld, can I, may I just say, I think um, what I've seen around the world with mission leaders uh, is that they're crying out for uh, someone who can help them to walk alongside them. Uh, sometimes in, in, in mission leadership, especially in, the, in Asia and in Africa, if you're a pastor, everybody looks up to you. You're expected to, to know everything and do everything. And it's not healthy. Uh, and so coaching and coming alongside, developing uh, both peer, you know, uh, peer group uh, coaching, but also 
having somebody who speaks into like a Paul, like you mentioned, a Paul who speaks into your life is so, so needed. Um, and it, it helps us to, to receive. And I really like what you said about giving as well. As we receive, we give. You know, we can't stand still. Anything that is not growing is either dead or it's dying. And so mm-hmm. part of the coaching is the, the, maybe the digging around the soil to stir it up. Maybe it's the pruning that, that God uses the one who, who you trust to help prune you, uh, that you grow, become more fruitful. And I think that's so needed in, in the coaching relationship. So I absolutely affirm what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Manik, thank, thanks so much for the work that you're doing. Um, such an encouragement. I'm always blessed um, to spend time with you and look forward to the day when we can be together face to face. Hopefully next Amen. year. We're dreaming about our time together um, next year. Um, God's blessings upon you and your work. And thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Winfield. And God bless you and your family and the, the work you're doing at Asbury as well. Amen.